We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. to the Rotowire NBA podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is DJ Trainer. I'm joined today by Ken K Train Kreitz. <laughs> no Shannon today. He is a he's a busy guy, Ken. We just we just can't wrangle him down busy and man. sit him down for an hour. He's just a wild horse and we're we're lucky when we have him. A stallion has to run and run free. It has to run. <laughs> it is Friday, October 14th. Shannon's running wild out there. Thanks so much for joining us again. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You can also download uh, and listen to this podcast directly on the Rotowire website or on Audio Boom. Feel free to use any one of those venues to hear 
Ken and I talk about some NBA today. Ken, um, last night you and Shannon had your NFBKC contest. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that um, before we get into things here? Sure. We, uh, you know, a lot of very talented semi pros drafting with uh, actual pros ourselves on the NF. BKC site are uh, owned by stats. Uh, we had the 12th pick and, uh, you know, it was fantastic practice. Uh, bigs were going early. We wound up getting Giannis and Lillard at the 12, one turn at the end of the first start of the second. And then all the, a lot of the C's we wanted left and we wound up with Walker in the third. Uh, but, uh, I highly recommend that site, especially some, you know, great training before maybe your hometown leagues, and extremely competitive. Yeah, definitely. I, we were talking before we, we hit the record button here. I'm not sure, you know, in other sports, I think I kind of like being on the end. And, of course, this was a third-round reversal, so that helps out mm-hmm. in this particular draft. In NBA, though, I mean, I just want to be in that top five spot because yeah. I think guys like Lillard, um, like Giannis this year, can ultimately come back around to you if you were in that top five based on personal preference around the league. So I'm not so certain that that's as, uh, a, such a valued spot like it could be for NFL um, or MLB or some other sports. Probably not MLB. But. Well, to, to, to that point, let me read you the last five picks. Yeah. Of the second round, so you can see if you're top five, these are the guys that went. Kyrie Irving, like that. Draymond Green, I think he's going to be a little down this year. Al Horford, love that pick. I think he's going to be awesome. Uh, Oladipo, uh, Bledsoe, and then the zinger, Porzingis, the unicorn. Okay. So, yeah, so that would have been your like 19th through 20th. Oh, that was the last six. Yeah, okay. sorry, that was the last six. I, I Kyrie Irving would... If you were top six, you didn't get Irving in the second round. So really, it was Green, Horford, Oladipo, Bledsoe, Bledsoe Porzingis. No, uh, no, uh, you know, I think Bledsoe, Oladipo, you could probably argue, are they second or third round? Um, Zinger qualifies at center in this league, so that definitely gives them some added bonus. But uh, not terrible. Not no-brainer. Second, what do you think of those second-round picks? I okay. So I've seen this quite a bit. And Oladipo is getting drafted higher than I ever thought he would, mm-hmm. um, and Me too. I'm not surprised. There's a there's a big hole to fill. The problem is, in Jump this shot. first year of of adjustments, I'm not so sure these guys are going to work so harmoniously as some people think. Right. Um, granted, there's lots of room for him to be able to take shots and do lots of things, and we know he can help out in other areas like steals and, and three-pointers, but I'm just not so certain that that adjustment is going to happen right away. And I, I should I should um, admit that I, I'm, I'm pretty conservative in terms of fantasy, in terms of I always like to know what I'm getting into. And so I'm going to draft somebody who's been in a particular situation for a year or two so I know what to expect. Granted, Oladipo could break out. He could have his best season, but I like to have that mental security. That's one of the major reasons why I really don't touch rookies under any circumstances, even when they are going to be really good and have lots of minutes. You just don't know what you're getting into, and I like to have that security blanket of at least the you know the mental state. I know what I'm getting into. You are a crotchety old man because that's exactly my approach as well. I like to like like I make that Simpson grandpa noise when rookies get drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love it because to me, um, you know, if you go back to last year's post, Josh Hayes and I always used to say there's certain guys out there that are ticking time bombs. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Derek Rose is one of them. Ricky Rubio in that those yeah. guys are going to get hurt at some point, and they're just going to blow up your, your entire draft th- that year. They're just going to mess you up. And I think rookies are kind of that way to a certain extent because, I mean, we're not even sure that these guys are going to be in the NBA for the next three years, much less that they're going to blow up and be worthy of a draft pick but just because you think they're going to blow up. And traditionally, if you look at the NBA – um, you know, maybe one or two guys are going to have reliable seasons. Other than that, there, I mean, there's a transition period. So I, I'm very conservative. Um, I'll admit that. But uh, somebody like a Victor Oladipo, I'm not. And at no point this, this preseason am I going to be using a second-round draft pick. If I don't get him this year in any leagues, then so be it. But I'll wait and ride things out before I'm going to, you know, attach my uh, wagon to that train. Yeah, yeah. I think – what stood out to me most, at least in the first two rounds, uh, Hassan Whiteside went 14th. Okay. You like that? I mean, obviously he's going to get some crazy blocks again. Uh, I don't know. That offense is going to be a mess, but I don't know. what. He, you know what? Like, I was talking about this the other day in the office, and to me he's a type of player that he's not going to make a bad team average, but he could make an average team good or a good team great. Um, and that being that, you know, offensively, he's not going to put the team on his back and will you to a win or anything like that. But when you drop him into a system that's already working functionally, then he mm-hmm. really can push them over the top, especially on defense. And then on offense, you know, there's certain ways he can edge his way into the offensive scheme. But if it's just like, you know what, Drogic and Whiteside are go-to options and they just have to find a way to score, Whiteside to me is just not that type of player whatsoever. On top of that, the guy is averaging for his career like 0.23 assists per game over the course yeah. of his entire career. <laughs> and so not only can he not necessarily get you a basket at will like some other big guys can in the league, um, yeah. but he's not going to be able to help out his other teammates. So I, I'm a little bit skeptical, but the thing is, if he's going to be averaging 3.5 blocks per game, then that's where his true value lies and obviously rebounds. He should be a top three rebounder in the league as well. And a field goal percentage of sixty percent uh, is always sure. useful. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just I think it will be chaos. I think the system will break down. I think that's going to be great for Dragic. I think it's much like when he was on some crummy Suns Suns teams, Dragic could get some huge volume. And I think he'll know how to do well in chaos. I'm not sure Whiteside will, but but you'll see. I mean, obviously, you cannot uh, just for the blocks. You can almost justify it. Right. Yeah. I know that's a that's a troubling thing. And somebody like. Andre Drummond, and I've been looking at my rotisserie leagues this year, and we've talked about it quite a bit over over the course of the last couple of weeks on every day of the pod, really. That Andre Drummond can win you like two categories, field goal percentage, rebounds, and blocks, too, or something like that. He can put you in a position where you're going to finish in the top one, two, or three spots in those respective categories. But he is going to be the sole reason why you finish in last place in free throw percentage. So you really right. have to weigh it. And right. really, more often than not, if you're playing in rotisserie leagues, Drummond just doesn't work. It just You're just going to have a very hard time, even if he does help you win three categories, making up for like a one or a two-pointer in any rotisserie you know, um, uh, uh, a category. Is just, yeah. It's too hard to overcome. You know, Drummond and DeAndre Jordan both need to man up and call Rick Barry and get the okay. old I'll shoot the underhand lesson. Uh, they had him on, of all places, NPR's uh, This American Life because they were talking about why is it hard for people, even when all the statistics indicate you should change, to not change. And they had Rick Barry talking about how um, 
you know, he was even though he had tremendous success with it, nobody would ever would it would interact with him or make that change. So Ken, um, we had a rookie in the league uh, over in China actually attempt underhanded free throws, and I'm surpri- I know I know why you didn't mention him, Chinanu Nuwaku. So that's another name for you to learn. Uh, <laughs> another name for me to butcher. His, yeah, he's shooting his free throws underhand. Um, obviously, the Rick Barry is a lot easier to go to. Um, yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I wonder now, how I the mean, Chinese feel about that. They probably don't care. They're probably like, oh, all right, then you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of funny that that's like unleashed for the first time in twenty, thirty years, uh, and it was in China. Um, we'll see. All right, I'm gonna keep an eye on that team. guy. Yeah, <laughs> keep an eye on that guy. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Well, hey, should we get to the new- news? Uh, yeah, let's do it real quick before we do that, Ken. I should mention that we're going to be talking sleepers on this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So Ken and I have compiled a list of about three to, or I should say, seven, seven, eight sleepers. Here, we're going to go over them. But first, yeah, let's get to the news. All right. Well, why don't we start with uh, more Joel Embiid obsession? Uh, I actually saw him play. I'm, I'm going to take a, a tangent here. Saw him play in Cleveland preseason game Saturday. Uh, Sixers visiting the Cavs. Cavs have a new opening, as you'd imagine, that stresses the massive trophy. And they've added four giant fire cannons to their jumbotron screens uh, in the middle of the same. And when they light as part of the opening, you actually can feel the heat in your seats. We actually had pretty good seats, and we could feel this burning sensation from these cannons lit. And I was like, how is that even legal? You know, like, is, is, this has got to be a fire hazard. Who? And yet, you know what? People are like, who cares? We have a championship in Cleveland. Light this mother like, up. Yeah, it sounds like those banners are going to catch on fire before the end of the year. <laughs> I, know, I know. But on the Sixer side of things, Joel Embiid is doing a great job of getting the free throw line. So in seven preseason games... Uh, he's only averaging 13 minutes per. He's already gotten four and a half, four point eight attempts, at 13 minutes. So you know, extrapolate that to 2025, 20, whatever they let him play. That's going to look very nice. And he's he's shooting threes in particular. A top of the key three looks very confident. He's been shooting one a game. He hit one for two. But you know, when you're big, start to drain a few threes. That's always some nice gravy. Yeah, for certain. I mean, obviously, the big issue here is just the depth that they have in the front court. How are, how are they going to manage that? Even yep. if Embiid is somebody they like a whole lot, they need to put these other guys on display to at least, um, you know, give them some trade value on the market. So they may, the Seventy the Sixers may firmly believe that they're going to stick with Embiid, and that's the one guy they will not throw out there in trade offers, right? But mm-hmm. even if they firmly believe he's the center of their future, they have to play these other guys to get their value up. The deal, so, yeah. And so that that poses a lot of issues in terms of fantasy value, of course. Um, a lot of people think he's a dark horse to win rookie of the year. Sure, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with tossing around and talking about that. But with Simmons out, of, fantasy, of course. Yeah, I'm again. I'm, I'm conservative here, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait this out mm-hmm. next couple years before I touch Embiid. Well, and it, frankly, is he the next Sam Bowie too? Is he gonna have? Sure. Uh, you know, is he, is he gonna have more foot issues? Uh, well, tell us what's going on in Atlanta, sir. Right, so Paul Millsap, uh, sick, no preseason games. Uh, obviously, it'd be nice to see him after that knee adjustment. I kind of think he's going to be going to be fine. Uh, you know, he's he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, always, Waylon, always, yeah, always one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, assuming that he is going to be just fine after these knee issues. Um, Do they lean on him for more scoring with Teague gone, uh, and of course Horford gone? Um, you know, do, you, do they actually need to – and in a Corver aging before our eyes, you know, Howard could be an interesting ad. 
and I don't know how often, but you know, he doesn't move as well. They won't pass as well. I'm just kind of curious to see how his offensive game ships with the, uh, adjusts with these new starters in Atlanta. Right, that's something that Whalen and I have been uh, Nick Whalen and I have been very cautious about. Is you know essentially you're, you're swapping centers, so you wouldn't initially you wouldn't think, oh, you know, Millsap will just operate under however he's been operating last few years, a very good player. However, Dwight Howard is such a different player than uh, than Al Horford is that you know. And by different player, you mean poor passer, right? <laughs> well, not even that. I mean, I, he gets yeah, he gets hated on for his passing abilities, but at the same time, you need to give him the ball more so people like feel like they have to collapse on him. In Houston, he got they they just didn't run him to optimization here. I don't I don't think he's that bad of a passer, but really, it's just that he just has to be attacking the rim. Whereas Horford yeah. was floating around the elbow, fifteen foot away from the rim. Uh, Nick and I talked to Kale Shinard, uh, who writes for Hawks dot com. And earlier this week, and he said, you know, there's a different aura about this team is that they're a little more easygoing. He does think that Kyle Korver is going to have somewhat of a resurgent year. Um, hmm. I think in terms of stats, Millsap is going to be fine, but uh, obviously there's going to be an adjustment period. Um, but somebody that has traditionally been underdrafted and undervalued. So if you're taking him in the second round and you're concerned that there's a new dynamic here, I think he should be going at the end of he should have been going at the end of first rounds of early second rounds in years past. So if you're taking him at the end of the second round, maybe even early third round if that's possible, I don't think so. Then maybe he's more valued what he should have been all along anyway. So so yeah. I'm not concerned from that perspective. All right, very interesting. Well, hey, uh, shall we get on to our sleeper picks, good sir? Let's do it. Let's do all it. All right. You start. You, 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 as the host, you should get go first, my okay. friend. <laughs> All right, we'll get into it. This is somebody I've talked about in the past. I'm pretty excited about. Um, I've given some bold predictions, and one of my bold predictions, uh, let me remind you, was that Markeith Morris is going to have a really, really good year with Washington. Bold! Bold. So, bold. so bold. I mean, if I really wanted to be bold, I would say all-star and stuff, but I don't think he's going to make the all-star game. Uh, I just think he's going to have a very good year in Washington. And let me give a little brief history about you don't, Morris you don't here. Think, you don't think Jason Smith's going to surpass him on that vaunted I, depth I, chart of the Wizards? I just don't think he's going to pose any issues for playing time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, back when back in Phoenix, uh, Markeith played four, year, four and a half years there, and he, like, Across the board, he was helping you out so much. Let me go back to just a, two years ago in Phoenix. 15 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a full steal, half a block, and almost a full 3-pointer. I mean, uh-huh. that is production up and, down the, up and down the chart. We've gotten away from Phoenix where there was some bad blood there. He's detached from his brother. He didn't want to be. But you know what? He's had a half a year under his belt to just figure things out. And I think he's going to really refocus on basketball. If he's playing 28 to 32 minutes, which I think he should and be able to do, this guy is going to be stuffing the stat sheet all over the place. And you know some of that negative energy and that negative connotation that he's had over the past two years because he fizzled out in Phoenix is going to go away. He's going to refocus on basketball. And then slowly but surely as the year goes along, you're going to see his name and say, whoa, this guy's a top 50 fantasy player? How did that happen? And it's because people are going to be too entrenched in the past and his negative energy that happened like couple last couple years ago. Um, but I'm looking at the stats, baby, and I think he's going to have a good year. Do you have any concern over the drop in his field goal percentage the last three years? you think that was because of all that nonsense in Phoenix? Good question. I, I haven't necessarily... I, w- I would probably say just like from a mental state, you know, he reached a peak like 
in terms of on, on the good side in the 2013-14 year when he when he averaged basically 49% from the field and then last year between Phoenix and between Washington he was coming in a hair under 43%. So I expect that to jump back up maybe in the 46 and a half range and um like I said I think just mentally he's going to be better equipped and I think when you're in a better mental state that really affects your field goal percentage. And let's not forget when he was in Phoenix he just didn't really care. So if he jacked up a shot he missed it. I don't think <laughs> yeah. he honestly cared a whole lot if it went in or not. And now I think all like I said all that negative energy is gone and I think we're going to see a nice uptick all across the board from him. All right, very good. And he did play better the second half in Washington. Right. Interesting to see how he fits in with Beal and Wall. Um, but certainly the opportunity is there. Uh, yeah, we were joking about, I mean, Jason Smith's behind him. And after that, Andrew Nicholson, who was a sleeper of ours many years ago, but he's probably aged past that. I mean, he's just going to get, like his brother in Detroit, a gazillion minutes. Right. All right, who's your first sleeper, Ken? Who is my first sleeper? I went with Jared Bayless because... TJ McConnell is terrible, <laughs> but also they so desperately need even a mediocre point guard in Philadelphia. Uh, and what I like is Bayless had a little wrist boo-boo preseason. He was on everybody's sleeper list. Then he gets a little wrist issue in the preseason. I think some people are backing off. He's going to get a gazillion minutes playing for Philadelphia. He's going to make two threes a game. I love me some Gerald Bayless. Obviously, with Simmons gone. Uh, they need someone to lead that team in assists, and Bayless, I think, is finally going to do that. He's always been a bit of a tweener guard, but where else are they going to go? Uh, in that, oh, you know what I had to, uh, part of the atrocity I had to watch of that preseason Cavs-Sixers game was watching Sergio Rodriguez try to play defense. <laughs> he was like exhibit A of how people make fun of Europeans for playing defense. You know, like the, the label of all Euros are soft uh, on D. He was exhibit A. The, nice beard. Big beard, but did not guard anyone. And uh, I just think Bayless, I'm I'm loving me some Jared Bayless. Great A beard on Rodriguez. Like a very, very solid beard, respectable, um, you know, across the age spectrum. (laughs) I think it's respected across all ages. Um, Unfortunately, that doesn't help him play the game of basketball much better. Um, (laughs) No. I also think people are – speaking of age, I think people assume Jared Bayless in his mid-30s. He looks old. He does. Something with the shaved head and the Paul Pierce headband. He's only 28. Yeah. And he's going to get to be the man finally. He's always – you know, he's always been in and out of starting rotations. But he's going to start every day, I think, uh, for Philadelphia. And he's not as old as you think. He's only 28. Yeah, so my biggest concern coming into this year, because I agree, you threw his name out as a sleeper, and you were totally right, uh, not only today, but uh, I think a week or two ago too, Ken. Uh, you, were, you. you were early to the game on this one. And you know when I, when I thought about that, I was like, yeah, but you know what? Ben Simmons, like, they really want him to run point, and that's going to hurt him, and that's going to move him to you know, that traditional like, seventh or eighth like, guy off the bench, backup point guard or backup 2A, 2B. Um, but now that Simmons is out, I think it's 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 full go with Bayless. Rodriguez has reportedly been doing well in preseason, and McConnell has been able to step in when they've needed him. But Bayless is a legitimate NBA player, and I don't know why he would not be seeing at least 32 minutes per game. And you're right. Um, he's going to be valuable. Is he one of the top half point guards in the league? No way. But he's going to be seeing enough minutes where his stats are going to reflect being a top half point guard in the league and that's all we really care about that's all we care about sir all right let's go to your number two sleeper all right number two sleeper for me is terrence jones and a lot of people probably don't even know where he's playing these days he had um 
you know, first few years spent in Houston, things didn't really work out that well. He started, he had a couple amazing games, but in terms of team dynamic, he just didn't quite fit in like some odd, some odd injury stuff too, right? Some odd injury stuff. So this guy has a, a checkered history and, and, and from a lot of different areas, but he's playing in New Orleans and New Orleans last year was absolutely decimated by injuries. Unfortunately, they've been hurt by injuries and various, um, you know, various issues there as well to where they're just not going to have a full staff, it seems. For the first half of this season, they're going to be troubled yet again. Um, The big issue here in terms of playing time for Chance Jones is that he's going to be starting out, he's going to be backing up Anthony Davis at power forward. However... They're going to want to play uh, Alvin Gentry, coach of the Pelicans, is going to want to play Anthony Davis at center uh, at, at vast, vast amounts during games and, and over the course of the season. Alice, Al, Alexis Ajinka is pretty good. He's not bad. And you have Omar Ashik at center, and you think you, know, you can't well, run. You can't run with Ajinka. You can't run. He's an and, anchor. And you can't run even more so with, with Ashik. And so, you, I, don't even, I don't think he can briskly walk with Ashik. Right. Yeah. That guy needs a walker to get up the court. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, while those guys are solid traditional centers, 15 years ago they would be highly sought after and they'd be playing a ton of minutes, but not anymore. And I think what that means is that Terrence Jones is going to be seeing a lot of time at power forward while Anthony Davis is playing center. Now, Terrence Jones, when he's on the court, he's pretty good. I mean, his per 36 stats numbers, let me give them to you. By the way, he's only 24 years old. Yeah. Uh, over the last three years, his per 36 stats, he's at least averaged 15 points, uh, about seven and a half rebounds, almost a full steal, and one and a half blocks. And two years ago, his per 36 were two and a half blocks. Oh, yeah, he's giving you at least half or one three-pointer if he's seeing that much yep. time on the court. So, again, it, it always comes down to time on the court, but Terrence Jones is one of those guys. Is If he is seeing that time, I like him as a valuable guy being taken later in the ra- late, you know, later in any kind of draft that you're in. But uh, I think there could be a lot of value at some point. Very and, soon. And, and so cheap. He'll be so cheap. Right. I just said, how many guys are even aware he's moved to the Pelicans? Uh He'll be so cheap that if he's healthy, big upside. And if he's hurt, eh, you didn't pay that much for him. Right. And on top of that, he's going to have center, power forward, and small forward eligibility on a lot of of websites. That's true. So that helps. And he's that, and he's just that fantasy dream, you like, like a young Rudy Gay, where like anyone that could hit threes and block shots, you're always excited about. Ooh, right. a big that can block shots and hit threes. You know, you want fill the the width of the box score. Exactly. Yep, that's what I'm looking for up and down. So, I will be targeting Terrence Jones later on in all my drafts, and uh, I'm excited as somebody who's going to start on the bench. But, you know, 20 games into the season, he could be a starter at power forward if, if Anthony Davis moves to center and they just kind of throw Ajinka and Ashik to the side, which is totally possible. Totally possible. I mean, there there are some teams with some speed out west, and having those anchor centers is not going to help your case at all whatsoever. Well, let's stay in New Orleans for my next sleeper pick uh, because, you know, taking a step back – my two dreams in putting together fantasy teams are always, yeah, finding some bigs that can block shots and hit threes and then finding some cheap point guards. And my happy cheap point guard uh, super late round guy is going to be Tim Frazier this year because, as you mentioned, almost a tragic situation with Drew Holiday's wife and her having uh, both a brain tumor while she is pregnant no idea when holiday will come back probably january to, uh, 
probably ja- early January, and good for him for prioritizing the, per, uh, the personal issues there, uh, which just leaves a ton of minutes for Tim Frazier. The point guard situation is so dicey with Evans also hurt. They're talking about Etwan Moore playing point guard, which I can't imagine. I hope that's not the cover of their press kit this year. <laughs> come, come, season ticket holders. See Etwan Moore at point guard. Uh, you know, Frazier has some quality games and spot starts for him. Uh, and I just think he's a, could be a six assist, one three uh, a game. I wish he shot a little better free throw percentage. But he's going to be some really cheap assists at the end of a lot of drafts. Yeah, obviously you you hate the way that he's going to see his way into minutes. But right. you know if he is seeing quite a bit, he is somebody who traditionally, um, when seeing at least thirty two minutes on the court, he can get you fifteen points, four rebounds, and ten assists. I mean, I'm looking and plus at, and plus one steals. Yeah, plus one steals. I mean. In terms of a stats guy, this is where you should be looking. Now he's been passed around the league quite a bit. He's, you know, he just hasn't found a team that wants to hang on to him. But again, we only care about stats, and Tim Frazier gets you stats, so that's a good pick, Tim, or Ken. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, who's next on the DJ list? All right, here's a super deep sleeper. I know some of you I are like in some pretty deep leagues, and you're looking, you know, all the starters have been gone in your league, and you're just trying to target, you know, what what backup players could potentially see their way into starter minutes, or even if they're only going to see 14 to 16 minutes on the court if you're in a league that mm-hmm. deep, you know, who's going to give me good value during those limited minutes? And, I'm and, and I'll throw in there, too, yeah. who has a really old guy behind him on the depth chart and a person often injured in front of him in the depth chart. Right, exactly. And that's Justin Hamilton playing for your Brooklyn Nets. Your Brooklyn, not my Brooklyn, but your. America's Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, let me talk about Hamilton really quick because he's not well known in the league. He is 26 years old, so he's going, uh, you know, he's been around for a while now. Um very rarely over the course of the last two years, uh, over the course of his time with three different franchises, now four, he's seen starters minutes. But when he did see starters minutes, and I don't even really have stats to, to really show you because it's been so limited, but those, uh, those few games where he saw quite a bit of minutes, he's one of those guys that is absolutely going to destroy it when it comes to blocks and steals for you. Um, and hits and hit and hit a three and hits a three for somebody who's six eleven. Um, there's not a lot of game tape on this guy, but if he sees minutes, he's just going to be all over the place. And also, also hits his free throws. Nice for a guy qualifies yeah. at center. Eighty three percent last year. Obviously, it's pretty limited um, in terms of. But I mean, I mean, it's solid. It's solid to begin with. Two years ago, over eight games, he shot a hundred percent. But I bet you he only took two or four. Um, and then he's shooting. 48% from the field last year with Miami and Minnesota. If he finds his way onto the court, actually that was two years ago. He was out of the league last year. So obviously this is a super deep sleeper, but he has Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez has stayed healthy for the last two seasons. Um, he's given you at least 70 games, but we all know that you know he's uh, tick, one step tick, away from being out. Tick. Tick. Right. That's my ticking time bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. I, I love I love Brooke Lopez, but you have to admit when you draft him that you you have to be aware that he could you know go away. And if if Justin Hamilton finds his way into starters minutes, which is entirely possible, and he will because they're going to rest well, on Brooke Lopez. Trevor, Trevor Booker and Luis Scola at power forward are not exactly a dynamic duo. 
You know, like you can see him. I can see them wanting to experiment with Hamilton at power forward, too, because they just they I mean, Anthony Bennett's on this roster. Yeah. <laughs> the only issue there is that they would get destroyed on defense, but I mean there's there'll be certain sets that they faced in the East where that could make sense, especially cuz Hamilton can stretch the court while Brook Lopez, you know, can stick around the rim on defense they they'd be in trouble, but um yeah, Justin Hamilton, your super deep sleeper. If he sees time on the court, he's going to stuff the stat sheet. Will he see time on the court? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Deep leagues, you need to stash them. Potential gems, gems in deep leagues. Uh, this also reminds me of my wife. My wife finally got tickets to see Hamilton. I have to go see Hamilton with the family. I, that that runs twenty. That, that soundtrack runs twenty four seven in this household. The kids really? just play it over, and it, it hasn't totally annoyed me yet. I'm not really a fan of musicals, yeah. but uh, yeah. if you have to take someone, it's a hard ticket to get. They're in Chicago now. You could also go to Chicago if you really need to impress Emily or any other lady friends. Okay. Hamilton tickets, <laughs> money in the bank. Money oh, in the bank. Good to know. All right, you've got, <laughs> you've got two more sleepers here. Give me, give me one. All right, two. I'm gonna go with my man, Gorgie Yang. Am I getting any better on saying that? You say it. Uh, Gorgie Jang. Jang. It's actually so. Like on the pronunciation, it's. I don't, I don't want you to know how to say it though. That's the thing. I don't want to tell <laughs> All right, you how it's supposed going, to be Let's said. keep going. Let's keep going. Tibbs loves him. He is gonna get serious minutes. Uh, and Rotowire loves him. Rotowire's got him going up to almost 30 minutes a game, and I concur. He also can pass fairly well for a big man. Um, CBS, though, they dinged him back to just forward. He was center forward all year, but they anyway. So check your qualificate, you know, check your league settings. But uh, a center getting you two plus assists a game, uh, also one plus a steal, one and a half blocks. I, you know, and, and he started. He's even experimenting a little from three. Free throw percentage over eighty percent. Field goal percentage at fifty three percent. It's going to be awesome. And you know, everyone wants to talk about Carl Anthony Towns, but Jeng starting at uh, power forward right next to him, also playing backup center minutes. Thibodeau, when he loves a guy, he runs him into the ground. And Jeng plays the great kind of defense Tibbs is looking for. Yeah, I agree. If he does uh, see that much time on the court, then yes, he, he's going to be incredibly valuable. Easily a top 50 guy. If he's averaging at least 28 minutes and he plays 70 games, 74, 75 games this year, he'll be yeah. a top 50 fantasy player. Um, so Nemanja Bialica is somebody who could maybe surpass Dang, but I don't think that's going to happen. Bielitsa can legitimately stretch the court. He's your traditional stretch four, but in terms of defense and even on offense, Bielitsa is not overly great, and I think Jang is, is going to be slotted in for quite a bit of minutes here. The more more concern that I have is if somebody if they decide to go small and play somebody like a Shabazz Muhammad at power forward, um, that's where I would be that's where I'd be skeptical of Jang's minutes. Do you but. see Tibbs going small that often? I don't. No, no, I don't. You know, traditionally, I, I, I don't see that at all. So I think Jang is somebody that he's going to like a whole lot. Uh, I'm just trying to poke holes somewhere because it almost seems too good to be true. This is one of those guys that, as a fantasy community, we want to see him with lots of minutes. He's somebody like a John Henson. John Henson isn't. Yes. More so yes. Like, 
per 36 stats, man, is he amazing. We want to see him out there. But really, in terms of helping you win games, numerous coaching staffs over and over have decided that he just yeah. doesn't do that. Um, Jang hasn't quite had that same history like Henson to date. Um, so we'll see um, if that if that bears any fruit with Tibbs. But I don't think so. I think he's going to get some legitimate shot out there. You're going to be saying his name all season long, Ken. I'm going to be butchering that name, yes. And uh, in last night's Pro League, NFBKC, he went uh, the fourth pick in the fifth round. And I may harass Shannon. It's my fault because I bailed on him for this draft. But uh, um, we went, I don't know. All right, so we took Derek Favors and DeAndre Jordan over Dang. And Dang qualifies at center. Well, I don't know. Here's, don't know. here's the thing. If, if you're going to look at consistency and you're going to be conservative, then you're definitely going to take those two guys over somebody like Jang. Yeah, but the the Jordan killer at free throw percentage, sure. uh, on a roto, not head to head, but yeah, you know they're they're all good guys to have. They're all good guys to have. All right, sir, did we get to your last? We did get to. I'm all yeah, out so of sleepers. I, I think we're done. We're thinking. I'm going to give up. It's not a sleeper at all whatsoever. But I do think Al Horford is going to have a wonderful year with Coach Brad Stevens. One, I think he's finally going to have a cr- a home crowd that actually cheers for him, which he'll find extremely pleasant. But also, more importantly, Brad Stevens is going to know how to exactly use him. to be a fantastic pick and roll with Isaiah Thomas. I'm very excited to see what Al Horford does for the Celtics. Uh, but uh, what do you think? Should we get out of here with our with our usual NBA legend quote? Yeah, before you do that, real quick, um, like I said, like we've said before, four podcasts a week is what we'll be, what we'll be doing this season. Nick Whalen and I will be back with you on Monday for Tuesday's podcast. Uh, Nick and I have, or will be interviewing Eric Name, who's with ESPN Milwaukee and Locked On Bucks podcast, to talk a little Bucks basketball. Uh, that'll be hitting. Um, your Stitcher, your iTunes, anywhere you have us on Tuesday. But yeah, Ken, get us out of here. All right, sir. Well, well said, DJ. Let's end with another quote from our man, Charles Barkley, who said, quote, I love Sam Cassell. He's a great guy, but he does look like E.T. Adios, amigos. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.